Interior. Night. Recording studio. Two redheads begin pre-show warm-ups. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Jack, write that you gargle your water or something. Jack gargles some water. And then put that we say, welcome to Script Shop. Who? Me or you? Mm-hmm. You say it. Welcome to Script Shop. N- no, but like, really, say it. Like, right now. Like, right now. Let's go for it. Welcome to Scrimshaw. No, Jack. Top. <laughs> Omaha. No, Jack. Welcome to Script Shop. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to Script Shop Show. My name is Jack, and I'm trying to raise my good cholesterol. Oh, Jack, that's mm-hmm. so good for you. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm actually putting effort into it. I was told that that's something I should do. Who told you this? Well, for work, we have to... We, oh, your job? Instead of doing uh, physicals, they have these biometric screenings where you sort of wait, and it's it's like a physical without the physical part of it. Yeah. Like, they'll take some blood and like do glucose work and stuff, and then you stand there holding this little like tiger video game thing that's checking your... It, it tells you about things that are happening inside you that I don't fully trust. Yeah. That it actually knows what's going on. But, but once they take measurements and stuff for you, they give you some very general health advice. And I was told that I need to work Lower. on raising my good cholesterol. Okay. So we have two types of cholesterol, yes. good and bad. There's the HDL and the LDL. And I think the HDL is the good, which is what I'm trying to raise. Okay. So your bad cholesterol was appropriate. It was, it was a little on the high side, but because my good was so low, like they if I can like, just raise that up, we'll be up. cool. Yeah. So I find myself eating a lot more uh, beans and nuts and avocados and Yum. fish and olive oil. Yeah, it's all stuff I like anyway. Those I are good things. I don't know why I have to raise it because I eat all that stuff as it is. But okay. you've, had, you've been having a very healthy New Year, so congratulations on making great choices. Thank you so much. In the new year. I hope it continues for as long as it can continue. Thank you. That's 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 incredibly sweet. This is Allison I'm who Allison. also does the show with me as I try to <laughs> raise cholesterol. Shop. I don't well, I'm not trying to raise my good cholesterol, mm-hmm. but when I was at the doctors the other day, I'm pre-anemic. Oh. Which, yeah, which is like um a lot of times in pregnancy, mm-hmm. your baby's taking a lot of your vitamins as it's growing and sure. so you have to eat super vitamins a lot of the times or like superfoods. Is that a common thing? I think so, actually. And so I need more iron in my diet. And so I've been working on becoming not pre anemic. Look at us. I know, we're doing such a good job. We're really growing as people and learning every day. It's Yes, uh, maturing as adults. It's really it's really a wonderful it's very thing. Inspiring. And I definitely, it feels so satisfying. I definitely don't hate myself at all when I think about all these things. <laughs> it's something I'm genuinely thrilled about oh boy well welcome to the show listeners um tonight on script shop we will be talking about the web by wade riddle it's a 10 page short um it's got some sinister undertones Mm -hmm. there's a bit of a clown motif and (laughs) yeah yeah, a bit (laughs) a bit and I think the promise of a much larger story than the short um, brings straight to the table. So we're excited about talking to this writer and talking about where this came from, yeah. what it could be, maybe what the story plays out to him in his head, and learning a little bit more about how it came about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and he's and he's written a bunch of, he's, he's a fairly accomplished writer, yes, right? Yes, right. So we'll be talking to him about all of his accomplishments, what he does um, in L.A. writing, and um see what else you know what else we can learn about him okay yeah. excellent uh are you reading anything i am i got i got something new from the library Ooh. because i wanted to read something new uh and this is a book that i've been wanting to read for a long time it's called and here's the kicker okay it's uh it's a bunch of essays uh conversations with humorists humor writers uh, it's got uh they the first chapter is Buck Henry, mm-hmm. and then it gets into Stephen Merchant. Uh, David Sedaris has a section, Larry mm-hmm. Wilmore, and it's just sort of about humor and the craft of writing humor, and it's it's been a great book, and I've really enjoyed reading it so far. Stephen Merchant talks about developing The Office with uh, uh, Ricky Gervais. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. And here's the kicker. And here's the kicker. Is it how many um, how many stories or like little sections do you think are in there? I'm going to say uh, there's a good 15 to 20. I would yeah. say it's a pretty it's a decent thick book. Do you remember me talking about sick in the head? Yes. Yes. Um, that sounds really similar. Okay. Do you yeah. want to do you want to borrow that book? Yeah. As soon as it, let me finish and here's the kicker and then we'll go next. Okay. Cool. Well, we're going to pack it up because we're moving soon and then when we unpack it, mm-hmm. I will just put it in my backpack and <laughs> we'll bring it to you. That's a good place for books. Okay. Thanks. Um, so I Thank lately <laughs> friendship yeah. swapping books. I lately have been reading uh, children's books mm-hmm. because you're getting ready. Yes, going back to well, I gotta gotta <laughs> I don't know ham up on my children's book. <laughs> 
What does ham up mean? I don't know. I was going to say bone up, but then I didn't want to say bone because it just sounds like like boning. I, I never want this conversation to end. Keep going. So you went to ham. I, don't, I, I couldn't think of anything else. It just came out of me. Okay. Um, so you're trying to ham up on your children's books. That phrase that we all definitely know and use. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to stop laughing. Are there any pa- uh, All right, so are there any particular children's books that you are reading <laughs> the, that okay, you're hamming up? So the one I was going to talk about today mm-hmm. in terms of my ham <laughs> inventory yes. is The Paperback Princess the paperback by Robert Princess. Munch. Are you familiar with this book? I am not. It's so stupid cute. Mm-hmm. There's this little there's this princess and she's engaged to the perfect prince mm-hmm. and he says, "Okay, but in order to marry me, you have to like go through all of these um feats." And so she sends this dragon to go fly around the world and take care of these problems that are kind of laid out in terms of her being able to marry this okay. prince. And the dragon falls asleep because he gets tired. And so the paperback princess is like, I'm so in love with this prince. I'm going to do it myself. Mm -hmm. And so she goes off and she completes all the tasks. And in the course of doing it, like she gets scorched and her beautiful dresses and everything get just like burned up. And she comes back victorious wearing a paper bag. Okay. Looking like shit, honestly. Mm -hmm. And uh, she goes up to the front door and rings the bell. Bing bong. And the prince opens the door and he's like... Ooh. Yeah, you need to like come back when you look like a princess. Go home and ham it up a little bit and then come Read back. Read some books. Yeah. <laughs> come on back. <laughs> and she basically is like, dude, knock it off. And, mm-hmm. and and decides that he's not right for her. Yeah, that she didn't need it. moves on. Yeah. Okay. I actually got two copies of this book at a baby shower. So oh. if you'd like one. I'm sure. Have a daughter. I'll bring it over. You can read it to her. I mean, I can probably just read it. <laughs> on my own. I don't child. think a, a child's a prerequisite. Otherwise, it's going to be an issue. You could make up a fake child and join Frank and his could, fake family right. world. Maybe our, my fake children and Frank's, and Frank's fake children could have a very fake play date at yeah, some point soon. They could read this book, this very real book together. All right. Yeah. Uh, we are also on a Patreon. If you want to. That's right. We are. If you, <laughs> if you enjoy what you're listening to and you think, well, I could maybe throw a buck or two their way we would be fine with that script shop show uh just look us up on patreon we still have i'm still a little bit unsure if it's i know it's i know we said patronize and all that but it's patreon it's got to be patreon okay i'm gonna keep playing uh, don't give me that look frank i'm gonna keep talking about it that way what is this gif versus gif thing that you hate so much we're gonna deal that's a that's a very specific conversation different conversation for a different time we don't have that kind of time yeah Yeah. okay well let us get cracking with Mm -hmm. wade riddle from la yeah um let's learn about him hi wade how are you hello can you hear me? Can you hear me now? <laughs> yes, we can. Yes. Thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Yes. I, uh, thank you for having me. Um, the, the answer to your question is um, born and raised in Texas. Ooh, yeah, Texas. Oh, yes. me too. Uh, moved into L.A. in 1984. That kind of tells you how old I am. Went through the 80s and 90s, the best music there is. 80s music. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Favorites? And let's just let's just ask favorites. My, who are some of your favorite songs or musicians from the 80s? Who are my favorite songs from the 80s? Yeah. Oh my god, I love Simple Minds. Mhm. Um of course ABBA, but that's 70s, 80s both. Of I course, also Madonna. Love ABBA. Mm-hmm. Um Clash, Billy Idol. Let's see. The list could um, go on. Gosh. I love Culture Club. Um. Yeah. Oh my God, you got me on this one. Gloria uh, <laughs> Gaynor, of course. Sure. Let's see. You got any, is, uh, Michael Jackson, of course. Any Bangles? Um. I. Huh? Any? What about the Bangles? Oh my God! I literally just bought their their um their seat uh, not CD but their uh, video the other day. Oh, nice. Um. Yeah, okay. So and, back to your history. Else? I'm an 80s person, but yeah. of course, the early 90s, but I think the 80s was some of the best music ever. Okay. Yes. And um, my mother was a musician, a professional musician, an artist, and I, there was always music in, at, my, at my home. There was always music and dance and theatrical. That's what I was born and raised into. And, you, and I feel very lucky because, um, yeah, because a lot of people don't have that. We, we had that growing up, me and my brother. And, you know, we were talking beforehand and you were sort of uh, letting us know about some of the other things and you've worked on. And after having read some of the bio for you and stuff, you've got a couple things that are like music driven, right? 
Yes, yes. Uh, Dear Tom Hardy is completely music-driven and ensemble-driven. That kind of exploded last year within the festival circuit, which I'm very um, grateful for. Um, right now I'm working on Meet Me at Third in Fairfax, which is also a music-driven, ensemble-driven piece. After that, um, another one, um, um, What Girlfriends and Boyfriends Do. These are all music-driven, and I, I really have to look back and see it has, has to do with uh, uh, my raising. When you say music-driven, is it like a, like a musical where people are singing songs that advance the plot? Is it, it more like a music video, like where the, the background music is driving things? When, what, what does music-driven mean in the stuff that you're doing? All the above. Okay. Everything you just said, yes. Um, covers of what we already know, but just in different uh, scenarios and emotional sequences. Okay. Yeah. The ensemble piece means multiple actors and... and Luckily, I'm, I know a lot of great, um, very well-trained actors here. I've, I've been blessed with that. Um, <clears throat> been blessed with that. That's great. Have you been a writer yes. your whole life, or is it something that you came into at a certain well, point in your life? Well, that's interesting because I um, wrote journals as a kid in school, and I would always get straight A's in all my journals because all the kids, all the other kids weren't really into journals, but I was, and I wrote just little stories in my journal, so I was always making straight A's and um, in in the journal journalism part. Uh, then I took journalism in junior high and high school, and then moved to Hollywood. And that's all just sort of different forms of storytelling, whether you're talking about how your day was or whether you have this story of a guy waking up in a room with weird clowns. It's all sort of it's all that's, it's all storytelling. <laughs> that's all part of it. Yes. Um, most of my earlier work is very dark and horror oriented. Mm-hmm. I, as I get older, I tend to be leaning more towards the happy, want to be happy and sing and dance in the street and all that good stuff. I dig that. Yeah, I think that's nice. Do you think that's just a shift in what, what you're kind of interested in as a person? Yes. Yeah. Uh, kind of a, meta- a metamorphosis of my lifeline, my, my, t- my, my lifeline. Yeah. Um, I always loved horror films as a kid. But I think as I get older, um, I also see that that the world needs the world what the world needs now. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, the ha- happiness and and singing and and kind of incorporating the fact that I was raised in all that music and and it's just a reflection. Yeah, one of the things that I found about myself in, in recent years is any sort of story that's like really rooted in friendship has me absolutely by the throat. Like I will be into a, a friendship based story. 10 times over more than anything else like that's a huge thing for me anymore but I, and i also love comedies and i have to say that the, the titles that i'm telling about now are very comedic um very dramatic uh, comedy drama but but again uh, musical driven mm-hmm. i think that's really I interesting like to use that term i think that's there's a there's a uniqueness there that i think doesn't get a lot of play music i mean you know musicals were so big way back in the day and you know they'll still crop up every now and again you got your your crazy ex-girlfriend you got your la la land you got your moulin rouge but <laughs> i mean they, they're 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 still more of a like a like a kitschy thing well i i did i've seen la la land about 10 times i've seen the greatest showman which i thoroughly enjoyed I um, and i actually think uh, now greatest showman is doing remarkably well in box office right now. Good. It opened up slow. It's doing huge right now um, internationally. And I really think it's because people want something happy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can I see really that. do. Um, it, it's, a, it's a fine piece of work. But, but I think the, the mentality right now, we're, we're, it's, we, we want something happy. Yeah. It's kind of a respite from yeah. the barrage yeah. and all the other things yeah. we have going on. Um, so do, are you a writer in your day-to-day life? Or do you, what kind of things I am, do you do? You know, the, the older I get, um, yes, uh, that's, I am constantly getting ideas. I'm on the bus because I take public transit in Los Angeles. And I have to say it's probably the best acting class and psychology class oh, wow. I think someone can do. If you, if you don't have the resources or money to take lots of acting classes or psychology classes, um, um, get on the bus, get on the subway, walk the boulevard. This is what I do. Um, and I found that this is the, it is the best way to see the real world, the real people of life. How often? Absorb everything. Absorb everything. 
how often does something that you're seeing when you are taking a walk or when you are on the bus, how much do like little overheard conversations or interactions, like, like people watching that you're doing, how much does that work into what you're writing? It's constantly now. Yeah. It's constantly because I'm, I'm opening my mind, I'm opening my ears, my heart um, um, to like the, the piece I told you about earlier, um, one night in a diner by chance, it's because I overheard on a bus conversation between a prostitute and her client. Mm-hmm. And it was a very fascinating discussion because she was one smart girl and he, and he uh, was an acquaintance of hers years ago. And they just happened to meet yeah. at that moment. And, and I loved it because it, it, it was just, they were acquaintances meeting after a long period of time. Yeah, and, but he was looking to hire her for what she was doing for a living then. Um, actually, more of she had a crush on him, Aww. and he never did. He never did. Wow. And now that she has him, seat him next to her, she's somewhat propositioning him. Yeah. No kidding. Thought, oh, yeah. That sounds beautiful. And then that means you just park yourself in the booth and wait until they decide that they're done having this conversation, right? you got to just wait this out. <laughs> yeah, go past your bus stop. <laughs> That's right. So it was kind of like flipping the coin on it. This is a very interesting scenario here. Who knew, you know? That's cool. It yeah. wasn't about money this time. It was more like, I'm going to do a favor for you because I've always thought you were interesting, but you never came up to me type of thing. Thought, oh, who knew? Wow. Aww. I think that's super cool. That's really sweet. Yeah. Yes, and and I had just submitted. I literally finished in three days. Submitted it to Film Fest in L, uh, Film Fest LA, in their screenwriting division, um, and they they selected it. Hey, they congratulations! That's great. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, um, but Film Fest LA is very fascinating because they actually do this year round, um, and they have readers somewhat. Um, doing early selections. And, and I actually think that's it's a very smart move for festivals. Do early selections. Keep, just keep, keep the circle going fast. I was just lucky. It was just lucky for me. Um, the, 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 uh, Film Festival LA was also responsible for, um, well, I, I won with Dear Tom Hardy last year, won the feature. And the three other short scripts that I submitted in different categories also placed. I did very well last year. I was very lucky. That's great. We're yeah. going to get into your, your script here, The Web, which uh, has, like we sort of said before, has a lot of creepy elements to it. But I do want to ask you, getting back to the music thing, when you're, when you're writing a script that incorporates music, whether it's like you know a character singing songs and stuff, that, that's a whole other element of work, right? Now you're, in addition to developing these characters and building a plot and a script and everything, now you're also like having to come up with catchy melodies and, 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 and choruses and everything on top of it. It feels like double duty. Well, yeah, but it's working. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's 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 working. You know, um, I it's it it's it's working. Uh, I don't know how to explain that when when I wear it. Especially, I usually write at the over at the WGA here, Writers Guild of America over here, mm-hmm. and they have a really nice library that you can sit, study, and research. And I'm typically over there writing. And once I dive in, put my headphones on, um, there you go. So are you working with like musicians or you're you're coming up with all the music no. stuff yourself? No. No. Um I already know that it, if and when the studio picks it up, um I'm gonna do massive rewrites. I already know that. Okay. I think that's great. I think that's that's extremely cool that uh music plays such a big part in a lot of the stuff that you're writing. Yes, and, and really this is also covers and music that people have already heard before. You know, it's it's just reinventing them in in a a specific um theme makes sense yeah for sure yes so based so you said that a lot of your early stuff uh was a little more horror oriented and the script that we have with you today the web right when did you write this then i wrote it about three years ago i was having a dream I, i was taking another nap (laughs) <laughs> um, I like my naps, and I, it was. If you like basic instinct, then you'll get into this one. Wow. Okay. Um, so this is a dream. Was, I was just dreaming. It was fragments of a dream, actually, and I just placed the fragments together, and that's how um, the web began. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, listeners, the web, as we mentioned, is a ten-page short film. 
where basically this man wakes up in a Bel Air mansion mm-hmm. and he's a bit disoriented and he's looking around him and he sees a clown and he looks the other way and there's a clown, like big ones, life-size clowns. Yeah. And he's starting to try to get his bearings about him and- And what the heck happened the night before. what's going on and- as he's putting his pants on and everything, one of the clowns kind of like turns directions, and he's he's not really sure what's it's going on. It's very ambiguous. Yeah. yeah, and essentially what happens is this woman walks in, Myra, and um, and she starts kind of uh, knowing a little bit more about this guy than he knows about her. Yeah, because he can't remember a whole lot about the night before. Yeah, and well, it, and the implication is that she he has been drugged. Yeah, right, for sure, he's yes. been drugged like a day parade drug. Yep. And yes, I'm turning the I'm turning the coin on this as far as uh, gender. Um, I, that was a focus there. Let's let's make the male the victim this time. Let's see what he does within Jeopardy. Um, she's the hunter or huntress. Mm-hmm. And is Charles this this main character? Is he a prostitute? Do we know that? Is that explicit? It's it's you know it, you can make it for what you want uh, based on some of the lines he says. Yeah. Um, of course, he meets her on Sunset Boulevard. She invites him to her pad, but that's all he remembers. Um, so it's. And yeah, it, it, he's running around naked half the time. Yeah, right. Um, and I wrote that specifically for that. Um, so whoever plays in the film has got to have a rock and roll body. Right. Yeah, that's um, very specific in the script. It, pr- pr- pretty obvious in that. And um, the guy that I, I cast in it, his name's Rocky Abu Sakur. Um, he he's a stunt coordinator. In fact, he was up for SAG award uh for logan the stunts in the movie logan oh wow okay with hugh, hugh jackman and i said hey rocky because i've known rocky for about 20 years i said you gotta look great and you gotta look good naked and he said okay i will <laughs> <So>. <laughs> he was really cool about it yeah after he read the script he said he was down and and he loved the the role the um the character of charles um and Mira, who I, I cast, Mira. Uh, Camille Montgomery, mm-hmm. um, she comes from the stages of um, San Francisco Classical Theater. Um, she jumped on it. She embraced it. She loved the, the idea of, you know, the female being the, the bad person, the yeah. huntress, you know. And then, the, we, of course, in the end, we find out that she has a great deal of um, cannibalistic um, feelings towards her victims. Yeah. 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 The, but the, I'm not really explicit with that part. I didn't want to go in that direction. I don't, I don't, I didn't want to make it, um, gruesome. It's more, um, as, as you read, it's, it's really dialogue driven in those areas. Yeah. And it, yeah, and there's a lot of implications of, of right. what things could be, but it's sort of like, like your, your imagination kind of works against you because you're, you're thinking about how horrible it could be without the, the script being really explicit about it. Exactly. I, I really wanted, um, I find that, that um, dialogue-driven is actually more impactful than something, sometimes having to see the whole thing. It's not necessary. Yeah. Right. I agree. Um, um, I just lost that train of thought. Maybe do you wanna, we should just read. Do you want to jump into doing yeah, the selection? Yeah, let's read then. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> sometimes, okay. sometimes Allison just hams it up over here. <laughs> okay, ham it up, Allison. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so listeners, today we're going to be reading a selection of the script um, from okay. the web. And uh, Wade, we're going to have Frank read our action headings. Jack's going to read for Charles. And I will be reading for Mira. And so we'll be back with you in did just... You, um, I'm sorry, did you say I'm going to be reading it? No, no, no. You'll just be listening. Yeah, we'll, we'll read okay. it to you. Okay, good. All right. Good. Yeah. So we'll I just... focus. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with you in just a few moments, yeah. okay? Okay, okay. Here's a little bit of, uh, of the web. Good morning. Charles turns. Oh, hey. Morning. It's beautiful, isn't it? Well, this morning is foggy. Typically, you can see as far as the ocean... Yeah, um, where are we? She studies him a moment, then smiles, joining him at the banister. My home, Bel Air. It was an exciting night. Yeah, well, I can't really seem to remember any of it. God, I crashed. I slept really hard. I can hear waves. Coffee fine? Yeah, it's great. You know exactly how I like it. You told me how you like it last night. 
I told you last night, I I can't even remember last night. I must have been pretty boring. Oh, on the contrary. You just about wore me out. He looks at her very curiously. I take it you're a fan of clowns. Yes. I'm glad you noticed. They keep me company and in stitches. They look so real. Creepy as shit. They are real clowns. Creepy, I think they're beautiful. It's only a hobby. Oh, uh, my phone. I uh, I forgot. It's in your jeans pocket, where it usually is. I turned the ringer off last night. We were having just too much fun. Charles gives her an accusing, subtle look as he reaches into his back pocket and retrieves his cell phone. He checks it. Clown 1 and 2 both have changed positions. You know, your clowns move, I think. That's a first time. No calls, no signal either. Signals come and go up here. You might say my clowns have a life of their own. Cut to Charles puts his phone back into his pocket, checks clown two out. His focus changes to the night before. What did we talk about? You seem to know a lot about me. You say a lot when you're drunk and getting a blowjob. <laughs> really? <laughs> really. I'm not complaining. I had a good time. I hope you did too. Mira. That's my name. I'm sorry. I I didn't even know your name. I'm... Charles. He looks up into the fog. I think I just felt a drop. Oh, good. We need rain. Weather always tends to be a little different up here, too. Wild sound of gentle sprinkles. Raindrops begin to fall. Do you want to move inside? Not yet. I love the feel of the rain. Um, how much did I tell you I get paid for this? She doesn't reply. Only smiles. Rain is coming down harder, dampening their bodies. It rains a lot in Austin, doesn't it? Lots of thunder and lightning and electrical storms. <laughs> I told you that too, huh? Mm-hmm. Where are you from? I'm an L.A. girl. Native. Well, Mira, would you tell me where we met last night? <laughs> we ran into each other on Sunset Strip near Crescent Heights. You drove up on your motorcycle with your friends in full leather drag. You wanted to go dancing. And we did. Then I invited you back to my car for a little quiet, a nightcap, a little conversation. My driver gave us plenty of privacy. You opened your pants to me, exposed yourself, and asked me to suck you off. That's what you said. Your exact words. You wanted it. I wanted it. I don't remember anything. Any of it. Where's my bike? In front, where you parked it. Along with your friends, JJ and Malcolm. J.J. and Malcolm, they're here? Yeah, don't worry. I have plenty of footage to show you, if you want to see it. You were all into it. Come on, let's go inside. And scene. There's a lot of creepy stuff going on in there I with know, her, man. she's got some undertones out the wazoo here. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of undertones, that's on purpose. Um, because I really want the audience to really, I want their imagination to run. Yeah. You know, a lot of readers have told me they feel as if this would be a great precursor to a feature. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes. But in order, in order to get the feature, you really got to have, let's say the short would be kind of like, um, the extended trailer, you know, to the, the teaser, the teaser. Right, you the, gotta start the sizzle for it. Yeah. So let's talk about the Mira character. I know that okay. she came out of a dream, but then how did you take that and develop it into this character, and why specifically? She uh, in the dream, she was actually very quiet and even more minor. And I thought, uh, I need to, I need to give her some meat and potatoes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, and, and believe it or not, while I was writing this, uh, the web, I was listening to the. Basic Instinct score. It's one of my favorite scores, mm-hmm. and it really, I, it really took me there, and I, it just wrote itself. And, and I always tell actors that when, when I write, I, I wait till it writes itself, and then boom, I got to go with it. So that's what happened in this piece. Um, I, I really let Mira blossom, and mm-hmm. that's, and she's supposed to be evil. She's supposed to be. Uh, we don't really know about her, but she's not a nice person, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Charles isn't stuck in, is in the, in the web. Um, and as you know, as you read towards the end, uh, Mira's husband walks in, uh, discovers them and lets Charles know, Hey, this is your lucky day. I'm going to let you go. So they let Charles go. 
which of course that could be me a meaning a part two um to to yeah so there you go so um okay when you say that he's caught in the web what does that metaphor mean to you I don't mean the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean like a spider's web. Okay, mm-hmm. so she's the spider yeah. then. Um, not the internet, not anything to do with it. We're talking about uh, uh, she she's a, could be a black widow, you know, yeah. a spider web. She has her victims. There's a lot of over um, over undertones of maybe supernatural. I, um, and the clowns are they real? What what are they? What are they for? Um, it's supposed to be creepy mm-hmm. because the clowns spy on her. And as you know, in the very beginning, they're, they're watching him dress um, and they're very focused on his nudity. Yeah. And I thought, you know, usually we have to um, put up with a guy spying on the woman as she, she's dressing. And my mother was always, when I was a kid, my mother always uh, said, you know, have you ever become a filmmaker or a successful writer, please do us ladies a favor and show the guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice. Like that. I said, okay, we'll do that. So this was multiple dream. I mean, do you consider this a dream or do you consider this a nightmare? Because you got weird clowns <laughs> showing up and people with jars full of blood. Oh, that doesn't sound dreamy to me. You know, I have daydreams. I have night dreams. I have nightmares. This, this is a, honestly, this is a typical dream for me. These are typical dreams and usually fragments. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And then I write them down. Um, most of my dreams now are are much more lighter and full of. Music and uh, like what I'm writing now, uh, for like, like for Dear, Dear Tom Hardy and, and Meet Me at Third and Fairfax. Um, I want to be around that happiness right now. Right. Um, I have spent the past seven years, uh, my whole family's passed away except for my brother. Oh, and I've been through one, um, you know, death back to back to back. Um, and with the healing process, you might say through grief, I, w- I want to be surrounded by happiness. Right. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. So, How's that? Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense. When you're when when you're writing something that's based on, say, a real conversation that you're overhearing, versus when you're yeah. writing something that's based on a dream that you've had, how much adding to and taking away do you do for one versus the other? Very good question. Um, when I, when I see it on paper, like, okay. This character is a little bit um, weak in dialogue, and I tend to really resort to dialogue. I want dialogue. I've been told I'm very good with dialogue. Um, So I I focus on that that area. Plus, with the actors, um, the actors want that. Mm -hmm. The dialogue, dialogue dialogue-driven. They don't want to just sit there. did that help answer your question? Yeah, so, I mean, you said that Mira in the dream didn't really say a whole lot, so you kind of had to beef up what she said for the script. Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, um, the, the, in the original dream, there wasn't the, the leather portion of it. Okay. Um, he was just getting dressed. I said, okay, this is kind of boring. Um, this is kind of boring. So I needed to add the... Um, I added the leather just for kind of the, kind of the kink in a way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think Mira, the character in the script, really wants out of Charles? Oh, um, she she wants his blood. She's not afraid. She wants that's how she thrives, is um, destroying men's lives, and that um, she wants to consume their um, blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very uh, vampirism involved in there. I don't really touch upon that, though, as you, as you can read. I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to go in that direction in the short. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's something, I, no, no wonder people are interested in it as a longer story because you really do plant these things in the short yeah. that that are really specific, intense choices, like, our, our um, black widow here wanting men's blood. Right. Well, and um, also I, I do a lot of research. I, of course, keep up with headlines. And, and even in real um, cases, um, disturbing cases, 
um, having to research and look into that. What did the victim do as opposed to the person who actually did the, the crime? How did they respond? Um, the who, what, when, where, and why? Um, that's, that's, that's journalism one-on-one, actually. Um, what would a victim do? Um, what would a male victim do versus a female victim? Um, there's a lot of questions in there. Um, as, and as, as disturbing um, as real cases are, actually, actually that's what inspires the, the fiction, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, because you've got this guy who's a big, strong, beefy dude who like sort of runs with his tail between his legs once, once the husband shows up. And there's no, there's no specific description of the way the husband looks, if he's a big, strong guy, too, or not. But, I mean, this well, guy has been drugged. He's getting out of there. a very good observation there. Um, even if you're a strong, strong dude like Rocky is, um, you're waking up from a drug-induced situation. You're still very discombobulated, mm-hmm. very dizzy, um, very lightheaded. You're trying to get your strength back, and these things are kind of uh, you're you're absorbing this, and you realize, oops, you're in a bad spot. What do you do? Mm-hmm. Then you go into the bathroom, and you see what. Um, your, your friend there in the bathtub, which is in the script. Yeah. Um, um, that's information overload. It's like adrenaline. What do you do? Do, do, you, do you really think you're going to be the hero of the day and subdue her? Or are you going to get the hell out of there before when the husband gets there, who obviously um, knows um, what, how to overpower him as well? Mm-hmm. And then, but then they let him. Sense? Yeah, it does. And then they let him go. But like, if you're the, if you're Mira and her husband, and you're letting this guy who's just seen all this horrific stuff go in just total fear, like you know that he's going to go right to the cops, right? There's clearly a plan for they're letting him go on right. purpose. Um, actually, it's a, a, a great observation there. Um, actually, one of the readers from um, Live Read LA, which which I made the top ten finals last month for the web. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one, one, one thing the readers brought up. What about the police? Yeah. So, well, you really think they would, yes, you would think, but um, I've been in, maybe you have to, I've been in those positions where it, it doesn't always work out that way. Um, um, you, you would think the common sense, but there's no logic in a situation like that. Yeah. Really? Bring in the well, I mean, if he's on. a sex worker, what I was just, if, it seems like he probably has a bit of a, a shady set of choices behind, under his belt, too. Like, if he went to the cops, he may be exposing himself. Well, and her husband explains it. He says, you, you, she knows everything about you yeah. already. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, put that in your pipe and think about it. You know, she already knows you, all, all about you. They already know he's going to go to the police. But by the time they mm. get up there, they're going to be well gone. You know, yeah. that, that's how they work. Okay. Do you think that and they're actually the... in their house or are they oh. staying in somebody else's house? That, that's an interesting thought, um, Allison. <laughs> I like that, actually. Yeah, so yeah. we don't know, actually, then. That's cool. Um, I don't know. I, I, all, when I've researched the drug, um, it really leaves you, you don't know anything. You're very discombobulated. Um, and that to, me, that, that to me would be just the most frightening thing to wake up from. You don't know. You don't know. And you're, yeah. you're, you're hit with these um, horrible um, um, facts that you, you are now uh, digesting. Okay? Yeah. Now, get out of there. Survive and get the hell out. Yeah. Right. Right. Take care of yourself. So you said you have dreams a lot, like when you're, you'll, you'll have, you know, various daydreams or night dreams or whatever. What, what was it about this sort of specific set of dreamy thoughts that you had that sort of took root for you to the point where you wanted to sit down and flesh out some kind of story? And I just I, I, I um, thought the premise was very fascinating. Yeah. The turning like um, sort of turning the Jack Ripper thing on its head. I'm sorry. It's like turning the the Jack the Ripper trope of like the guy who's murdering prostitutes. This is a woman who's murdering potentially male prostitutes. Yes, um, and most of my my work has very strong female driven characters. They mm-hmm. just do, and I go back to well, I was raised by two very strong women, and my mom and my grandmother. 
You know, that's how that worked. My, my father was a weakened father. I had that experience. Uh, but uh, surrounding me, um, all my youth was very two very strong women. Okay. So maybe that's how it comes about. Yeah. Um, was there anything specifically going on in your life when you had these dreams that led question. to the script? Yeah. Well, um, God. Well, my I have to say, maybe perhaps the the deaths of my family. You know, my family yeah. members, my mm-hmm. my mom and my grandma, and my grandfather, my father. They all died back to back to back. Yeah. Um, and um, I did try to embrace all that, and and I, I embraced my feelings and and the emotions. Um, and to me, that's very positive because without those experience, that without those life's experiences, I, I would not be able to write. I right. truly believe that. Life you, experience is you, the most important. Do you find that your writing is a way of processing, dealing with all those things My therapy happening? now, yeah. 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 In the, <laughs> in the story, too, something that's lightly sprinkled along the edge of the story, but is very specific and central to it, of course, are the clowns. Yeah. Um, yes, there's a story behind that. <laughs> please, lay it on us. Yeah, please. All right, all right. At the time, I was... Um, working as a supernumerary in the L.A. opera production of Pagliacci. Oh. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correct, correctly. Um, and that, that it's about clowns. Mm-hmm. And um, I, w- I was um, an extra on stage, an extra. And, um, I, you know, it's a very visual piece. And there are clowns and jugglers and, and stilk walkers. And I said, oh, that's what I need to put in. Something... Um, that people, either you have a good reaction or a bad reaction to clowns. I find typically people don't like clowns. You find them creepy. Mm -hmm. Um, But what if you were to make it life um, size and um, almost um, AI Mm -hmm. in a way? Uh, Put that in there and and see where where the characters go. And and I loved it. I, I thought it really wrote itself. Yeah, because I sort of got the vibe that the clowns had been like other pe- like other yes. victims of hers. Like maybe they were real human yes. people. Yes. Yeah, the, exactly. Uh, AI, I meant more of, of a live situation. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Same, yes, you were, you were bingo. You hit it right. Like her, like his friends who are dead in the bathtub are the next set of clowns yeah. that are her hobbies. You, you, you read it very, very good. Thank you, bingo. <laughs> yeah, that came through for sure. Yeah, it's creepy AF. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And you know, and I, I really like to work with um, the, the actors that come on board. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of, of, of actors that really study and are trained. Um, LA is a very um, reality show-driven type of environment. Um, so when actors say, "Hey, um, I need to take an acting," um, you need to take an acting class. I mean, you, you have to train. I mean, even Meryl Streep still trains. Mm-hmm. Um, you're never too good. Um, so um, I, I always push that on either newbies or the advanced, you know, um, and that's so it's so, so important. Yeah. Um, so this piece is produced, correct? This piece is not um, produced into a film. It is not a film yet. It's strictly in development. OK, okay. that's what um, I was wondering, like where you are in development. You have some okay. actors the attached. Is, well, we need about twenty three thousand dollars. And it's still money, and it's it maybe a drop in the bucket, but um, I have to go out and you know canvas and get that mo- those donations. You know, right. um, money is still the driver here. <laughs> right. Yeah, we hear that so frequently on the show. That's been a through line on this show of talking to screenwriters who are looking to oh, have stuff produced yeah. and need yeah. money. Um, you can do as much as you want artistically, and the, the actors and all. In the in the end, it's still money. You, you need the resources to create it. Um, I'm always uh, right now. I'm submitting a um, a package for a grant uh, for from the New York Foundation for the Arts, and the end. Um, that, that you, you got you got to look for the money. Yeah, uh, look for the angels. That, unfortunately, that's the name of the game. It's it's the business. Um, how long do you see a shoot like this taking for you? For the web, it would probably be um, a one week prep, three day shoot, and um, probably one to two months um, editing and sweetening, mm-hmm. and then the rest is the 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 festival the festival runs. 
So once you did have something produced, your typical journey is to then submit it into the film festivals and do a circuit on the or a year on the circuit. I typically do two years. Mm-hmm. I find that for me, um, it, it's a good twelve months. I mean, twenty four months. Mm-hmm. So when you talk um, about a twenty three thousand dollar budget, are you also including the two years that you'd be traveling and promoting the film? Interesting, um, Allison. No, I did not. I, I, this is strictly for you know shooting and, and editing and festivals. So, um, no, you got me there. <laughs> oh, I was just curious because I, I know that's a I'm that's busted. a huge expense. I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, you got and then you said you've got a lot of different irons in the fire between Tom Hardy and then the What Friends Do, and I mean that that there's a lot. It sounds like you're juggling a lot right now. Well, you know, honestly, after I would say. After the healing process of what I went through, it yeah. was like boom. Um, the the door to creativity was blasted open, and like wow, I'm embracing this. I'm enjoying this, um, and I also I always like to help actors, um, the 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 newbies. Um, the, what what can they do? I say train, train, train. Um, as a friend, Farrah Fawcett used to be a friend of mine. We used to hang out in the in the eighties, and um, wow, she had a very important quote. And that you want to know what the quote is? Absolutely, uh, yes, please. <laughs> okay, the quote is: um, "Serious actors train in New York; the others don't." <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I always love that. I said, "Well, yeah, because um, from New York, you're probably going to go to Paris or London." Um, because there's extensive training there. Um, And every great actor I know that now lives here in L.A. had some time in New York. They're not going to let you on stage unless you're ready, and that's that's a huge plus. Mm -hmm. They want you to be prepared. Um, And in L.A., they do have very fine um, acting academies here. Um, Of course, there's Stella Adler. They have uh, um, Strasburg Institute. They have... um, Theater 68, run by Ronnie Marmot. You've got one in New York. You've got one here in NoHo Arts District. Take advantage of those. Find out what the Screen Actors Guild has, has um, eligible for actors. Um, get out there and train. Because I hear so much, so, so many actors don't train because they don't have the resources. Mm-hmm. Um, I once sat in a conversation with Kevin Costner, um, presented by the, screen, uh, by the SAG Foundation, and he pointed out, um, one of the, how many actors are in the room? And everybody raised their, their hand except for me and a couple others. Said, how many are writers? And I raised my hand, and the two others did too. He said, actors get to know that your writers. They are the power people. Yeah. yeah. They will write you those roles that get you noticed. And and I I, I really was very um, touched by that. Do you have people you uh, know that you've written roles specifically for? Good question. Um, um, when I'm inspired to write a piece, I always, um, it happens automatically. I will automatically have a picture in my head of a specific actor mm-hmm. who would be great for something like this or who would I love to have there. Um, but it could be a celebrity. It could be just a good actor I know that's good for. And I have them in my head the whole time and because and, I know what they're capable of. And, um, you know... Um, Multi-dimensional characters, and um, yes, so and but that's one of those one of those first things I learned in uh, in screenwriting and writing. Um, have a picture of a celebrity that you like, and, and, and write this piece for them. You never know. Yeah, yeah. Did you write the web uh, for this uh, the Rocky guy that you know? No, actually, that was not. Uh, I I knew that he had the aesthetics for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that, the, uh, but um, I knew that he had the aesthetics for it, um, and I knew he could probably carry it off. Uh, but specifically, not not um, in the early planting stages. Mm-hmm. But when he said yes, that it made all the sense in the world, and I was so grateful he he jumped on board because now I don't see anyone else except him yeah. for him playing Charles. So, in your dream, were you Charles? Yeah. Was that no. A good question. Not at all. Were, who were you in the dream? I, I was I was I was a fly on the wall. Oh. <laughs> Were you maybe one of the clowns? Watching. I was watching. I was watching from the wall. That's, yeah. that's how that one turned out. Oh. Um, 
Do you have dreams like that often where you're not the main focus? Like it's it's almost like you're watching a TV show or a movie? That's the way it always is with me. Really? I'm, I'm really never active in it. I'm like a fly on the wall watching. Huh. Man. Uh, with, with Dear Tom Hardy and, and with Third and Fairfax and Boyfriends and Girlfriends. I'm just I'm just watching. Huh. Um, uh, I sometimes put all my, my my actor friends in them in my head, and I'm watching them and seeing all this um, the metamorphosis of the of it and and how it plays out and and there you go. And I know for I I know that it uh, what is it may be different on film as opposed to to paper. It is going to be changed. We already know that. Mm-hmm. Rewrites, of course. Um, guys, bear with me on this one, okay? Okay. I got a thought here. Okay. Okay. So, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, bear with me on this. All right. So I can't get over the, 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 let's say, the thesis that he has, that our writer, Wade, uh-huh. Wade has dreams that then show up into his work. Yeah. Well, the dreams are coming from him, and they're often inspired by things that are going on in his life. Okay. For example, in this one... There was a lot of death he was dealing with, and now he's starting to have dreams. Wade, you're starting to have dreams that are, like, happy and more positive. So let's look at the script as a message Mm -hmm. from Wade's subconscious to Wade. And Wade, in real life, is the fly on the wall Mm -hmm. of a story of of clowns, people really intensely focusing on this guy who's having, potentially going to have the life drained out of him. Right. Who needs to get out of that situation fast. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. if Wade in real life is going through a series of deaths, then his subconscious is telling him that he needs to like turn the corner and get out of that because there's not that he's not going to thrive in that environment. So okay. then Wade in real life turns the corner and starts having these like more joyful experiences because maybe at that time and this work being a product of it, there were pieces of you Wade that were just telling you like we're going to get through this. We've got to make it through. We've got to move on to something yeah. different. Well, um, can I? Please. Finish? Oh, okay. Um, actually, that, that's very well said and um, and um, very well put because um, I, I think that that's the way I am in life in generally in general anyway. Um, I had a, I was raised by a very strong female about um, mother and, and grandmother um but of course my grandmother came off as being a depression era baby she she oh, married yeah. at the age of 16 she had my mom when she just turned 17 and they could play the victim role they could have but they did not they mm-hmm. were tough they kicked the dude in the ball to make sure he hit the floor yeah. you know so they were never victims and they tried to instill in that into me i was the shy one i was the meek one i was the one they had to take care of you know, but um, staying staying a victim isn't going to do it. Yeah. Get out of there's therapy. There there are ways of channeling that. Move on. Right. You know, even with death, um, as as broken as as you never get over it. But being broken, you, you, can, you can heal through time and move on. You, you use those moments. To, to to work in in my stories and in, in, in my screenplays, but definitely don't stay a victim. Right. You know, okay. Move past it. Um, I will say I think we're um, in um, real time right now. I think we're in a trend of of being victims right now. It's it and in my opinion, it's very disheartening to see. It's like stop it. Let's let's um, victim is not pretty. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it's great that if you can have your when you have a thought process and you can work through if you, writing is your therapy on this, and that's that's a very sort of self active way of processing things and moving on. I think that yeah. I think that's a tremendous trait. It's very it's very healing. It's very liberating. Yeah, um, and it's getting past again the victim. There's always um, there's always going to be quote a political element in myself, like dear Tom Hardy. Or meet me third in Fairfax, or boys, friends, and girlfriends. There will be a political element, uh, you know, um, a real life. But by then, hopefully, it will be resolved to make make it a positive um, jump. Positive. 
I think that's great because that you're you know, you're mining and trying to turn something. You're, you're trying to turn it, and I think there's a lot of people that it's it's hard to take something right. and try to turn it into a positive like that. Right. Yes. Um, well, I, I I hope I can, and I have oh, I like I keep saying complimenting my actors involved in this. Um, I, I don't mind introducing. Can I can I give you a couple of names out there? Please. Sure. Um, like Johnny D. Esposito, he he read Wicked Willows. He was one of my readers for the L.A. Film Fest. Mm-hmm. Or I should say Film Fest L.A. Um, amazing actor, of course, New York trained. Um, we have Seth Austin. We got Ron Garin, um, Camille Montgomery, um, Sandra Sandra Stone. Um, Sandra Stone is probably one of the most beautiful actresses I've ever seen or encountered. Um, she knows how to work the floor in heels. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> put some high heels on her. She knows how to work it. Um, she, she actually reminds me of a very Marilyn Monroe, Sarah Fawcett, Sophia Loren. She has that kind of magnetism. Mm. Wow. So, Wade, if um, anybody is interested in getting in touch with you about your work or how to work with you on your projects, what's the I best way? Yes. What's the best way for them to get a hold of you? All right. They can, um, I am on Instagram. Um, I am on Twitter. Um, with my name, my first name, I said Wade Riddle. Okay. Um, I do have Facebook, but okay. I would prefer, um, I'm not really friending a lot of people anymore because I don't know a lot of people, if that makes sense. So okay. I, I like following. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, you, you know, I think Allison knew that I have that um, fan page for Ryan Gosling. Have you seen that? I know you have. Yes, I have seen that, <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. Ryan Gosling. Um, I've had a lot of people communicate with me through the Ryan Gosling page. Um, okay. And As I they will should. get back to you, I promise. Okay. Um, <laughs> if you want to email me, I, I, I embrace email. Uh, what can you do? Are you someone with someone with with resources? Do you have? I mean, because if you if you're if you're looking into getting into shorts, and like um, donating to shorts, un- understand you're not you're not there to make money. Right. You're there to be a springboard yourself. Right. Because uh, shorts don't make money. Right. But I'm sure you already know that. Right. Yeah. Well, and there may be some young up and coming actor that wants to just try to get some work and get the and work their chops. Absolutely. And, uh, that this sounds I, like I, a great I, opportunity. I love that. Yeah. So, Wade, it's been really great getting to talk to you for this interview. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your work and sharing your stories and sharing Thank your you. very and, personal and, experiences. Tim, are you on my Facebook? Have you have you communicated with me before or what? I'm pretty sure we have. I tend to follow our listeners through all of our accounts so that we okay. can make sure to tag Good. everybody. Good. Yeah. All right. So I will, I'll be looking for the two of you as well. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> thanks, Wade, very Thank much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a great night. You too. You too. Boy, the idea of basing your having your dreams be fuel for stuff yeah. you're writing. This is a very common theme among artists. Yeah. And, and sometimes for me personally, I can be very into it or very not into it because a lot of times I think people should not use like the distresses of their life to create art. Okay, but I mean, yeah, you yeah. got to mine it from somewhere though, well, right? Well, and that's the flip side of it. It's mm-hmm. it's just when people start saying things like I haven't I haven't had enough bad things happen to me that oh, I that I, I can't you. make art. It's like art sure. doesn't have to be about distress and stress. Yeah. There's a lot of experience to consider. The flip side is and the whole basis of this show is that artists carry stories around with them mm-hmm. and and subconscious works on these stories in metaphorical ways that we don't even know about. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're talking to somebody and you can just see the pieces flat out in front of you yeah a lot of a lot of my work comes out of my personal experiences that will just start somewhere and then they turn into a metaphor that then becomes a script or a project or a dance or a whatever it is that yeah. i'm working on it at yeah. any point it's so it's fascinating and that's why we're doing what we're doing right here yeah i like to know where stuff comes from and yeah. actually the idea that his dreams that he's yes. not in his dreams that is incredible I, isn't I, it I, I i just can't relate to that yeah well the thing is too like that's why i was considering like Sure, he's not in his dreams as a real person, but that doesn't mean that his dreams aren't about him. No, for sure. Still, right. you know? And that's just interesting because it cool. becomes like, what piece of you are your dreams? Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, if you've got uh, some dreams or thoughts and feelings that you've written down and would like us to read them. In script form. In script yes, form. Please. Yes, please. <laughs> you, you got a lot of options to get if it out of your system. If you've got other thoughts that are yeah. not in script form, send them to us via social media, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, so, or, maybe or just, Script Shop Show. Or maybe just keep your thoughts to yourself. I, That's no, going to be a I discretionary like thing. I like thoughts. Uh, <laughs> but if you do have a script, you yes. can send it to us at scriptshopshow.com slash submit or via yes. Film Freeway. Film Freeway yep. or, yes. That's right. So cool. We have another option now. I know. It's fun. It's an it's an easy, accessible option for many filmmakers and artists in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> so um, until next time, listeners. Thanks, guys. That's a wrap. Script Shop was created by Allison West, hosted by Allison West and Jack Crumley, produced by Frank Steele. Thanks to iHeartMedia Cincinnati for use of their studio. Intro music, Retro Soul by bensound.com. Outro music by purple-planet.com. Special thanks to all our guests. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.